0: Welcome, citizens. You're listening to New Amsterdam
1: Radio, the podcast for creatives.
0: Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now.
1: Happy holidays from the city of creatives, New Amsterdam. And it's me, Lobo Boys, the mayor of New Amsterdam. In that mayor's office, doing the thing he should be doing, and that is creating content for you all because that totally beats accounting for my small business. Am I right? <laughs> I, just, I just want to say, thank you so much for checking out this show and all the other episodes of new Amsterdam radio available on newamstam.com, but definitely being a part of this movement to go into season six and counting and rolling to be able to get bigger, to get more influential, to get even quirkier guests has been the goal from day one. And thanks to you liking, comment, sharing, retweeting, reviewing the show, I'm able to do that. In a minute, it'll be my interview with Coach E, who's done a lot of work for Black baseball, but baseball in general, and being able to sit with him to talk about what it means to have this sport we love so much. In the fabric of Americana to make sure it's everlasting for the next generations. But before I get into that, i got to put a little housekeeping in order out there. Patreon.com slash Lobo Boys. We call it The Boisterous Crew. That's where you get to unlock video interviews bonus shows, commentary. I even have some visual poems on that platform. Patreon.com slash flowboy boys. You call it the boisters crew. Please join us. Please find a way to support the homie. And if you're not in that kind of thing, I understand. Get some drip, get some swag at the flopito shop. flopito.threadless.com that That's flopito.threadless.com that We have some new designs on the horizon. Let me know what you think buy a shirt for that belated holiday gift and say, hey, look, you know, Flobo's is so great. I want to make sure some of my relatives look like him. I'm just kidding. Anyway, without any further ado, my chat with Coach e. Welcome back to new Am Sam the podcast for creators, thinkers, and doers. It is I, the mayor, Flo Boys, in the mayor's office with I would say a celebrity guest. I've been stalking this man for months because I know he's been doing it big for the community and the sport of baseball. Something I feel I'm on the island with sometimes. Please get up, Coachy. E. How you doing, sir?
0: Man, man, I'm doing great, man. Flo, thank thank you so much for um having me, man. That's 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 really humbling. Um, I'm a recent fan of yours after we connected and everything. So um this platform. That's on his Patreon. Listening, make sure you dump, empty out your pockets a little bit more, man. Make this brother grow, man. Black <laughs> yeah. media is where it's at.
1: We, we we rolling, man. First question, man. I, I actually the first question out of the representative I'm so glad I have it my first question because you're actually wearing the merchandise. Black baseball matters. What does that mean to you, and how do you apply it to your work?
0: Oh, so black baseball matters is just we're really highlighting what our culture, the black culture, has done for the game of baseball. If you look at any history book, any from the Negro Leagues to right now the top five, the top 10 baseball players, you're going to, they're going to be black. Um, if you look at history itself, the Negro leads you to sell out baseball parks and, and I'll, I'll give it to you Chicago because that's where I'm from. And mm-hmm. um, you already know in the early 1900s, the Comiskey park MLB, they played on Saturdays and they gave the Negro Sundays. We were outperforming them by 10 to 12 X and everybody in the business world knows what that means. So, our, our stadiums, we sold out White Sox Park for the Negro Leagues. And the term Sunday's best derived from people coming in their church clothes after church to the Negro, to watch the Negro Leagues play. Um, So I just want to make sure that I always, you know, seeing is believing. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in, especially in the fashion and hip-hop industry that, you know, Blacks, that we contribute to, that yeah. – Hey, in baseball, we need to do the same thing. You know, we need to be seen. We need to be visible. The same way Nike can have that check on their um, left sleeve and we all go crazy on it, black baseball matters. This is what we do. Um, and it's, it's, it's also, we make up, in the MLB, blacks make up 7%. But then it gets a oh, little wow. bit. Only 7%, right? And that number's dwindling down. And if you look at college baseball, it's less than 4% as of 2021 going to 2022. So yeah. we went from early 1900 when the Negro Leagues were established, selling out stadiums and producing great ball players to 2021-2022 all of a sudden we're not playing this game. No. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Well, you know. So uh, that, that just begs the question there coach. E. I mean I we I've seen these videos cuz I feel like I'm on an island when I say I watch baseball, and I do it for their culture. People go, what do you mean? You guys go, yo, look, the reason why they integrated wasn't because people had a change of heart. (laughs) It was was like financial. So the question I have is what's what's wrong with baseball today, especially with us in the Black community? Is it not seen as cool anymore? Is there just a concerted effort to put elsewhere the the effort of marketing behind it? What
0: happened? So it's threefolds, right? And I hope, you know, it's threefolds. The population of basketball rising in the 80s, right? If you look at the 70s, with those um, Cincinnati Reds teams and the Pittsburgh Pirates team, they have five starters that was black, you know. Yeah. But with, the, with basketball growing globally, and I would call it the Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan effect, they didn't do anything wrong, but they made it very cool to play basketball. Basketball is a sport that the major brand companies got behind and really – went to the hood and gave them what they needed for free to play the game of basketball. They got shoes. You got basketball. You got shirts. You, um, in some instances, what did brands and coaches do? Hey, I'm going to move your whole family here so your kid can focus on playing basketball. Yeah, that's and true. you flip it to baseball, there's no brands getting behind that because baseball is favorite pastime. It's still the good old boy kind of game. Everything is close-knit. Everything is developed off relationships and you and I know in the United States of America, blacks we not first to get those relationships. Sure. Um and then the second thing is the pricing, right? And I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper than Please just talking about all oh, baseball's high and this and that and the third. Like no, it goes a little bit deeper, right? So if you think about it, the the meat the meat and potatoes as I call it of baseball goes into the training, right? Mm-hmm. Um Baseball looks—it's a very meticulous game. You got a really good arm action. You got to hit a certain type of way. You got to be able to catch, flop. Like it, it, it goes a little deeper um, with your athleticism. But the training to actually have consistency in the game of baseball is where we fall off in the black community. So we have to go outside our community to get a lot of elite training that gets you a college scholarship, right? Sure. So a pitcher. You're throwing the baseball. In order to throw a baseball consistently in the same spot, you got to have something called mechanics. In order to get mechanics, you got to have a coach that's with you two to three days a week that is going to teach you to do it and watch you and give you constructive feedback, and then you apply it, right? Mm-hmm. All that costs extreme, an extreme amount of money and mm-hmm. time and commitment. And then also the third layer, baseball is a very patient game. Yeah, it, and it's a game of failures. We hit our time. You three for ten. You are you all star or uh, Hall of Famer basketball, football. You fumble three out of ten times. You're a bum, right? So <laughs> right, we, we we you know blacks. A lot of us we want instant gratification as a at a younger age, right? Right. So it's a it's a process based sport, and a lot of times in our household, we don't have in our community we don't have that much time to have process because mom and dad is working three or four jobs. So that means, guess mm-hmm. what? I don't have time to take you to training, even if I have the money. So it's a lot, it's it's, it's no clear cut answer, but I think it's a lot that, you know, goes into it. And it's a it's literally a 20 page term paper that you can talk about for seven hours about why.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's almost like a unique situation. Uh, we think about soccer, for example, a lot of the nuclear option is take your prodigies overseas. But, like, in the United States, we are the top league, and you really, you really can't do that as much. But even on top of that, I kind of feel maybe culturally, maybe from the outside coming in, I'm from Brooklyn, born and raised, that they, the baseball let's stand like, up. Yeah, you know, we always in the building, baby. Let's go Mets, uh, you know? But we always felt like we— or baseball hitched itself to, like, this interwar, mid-century 20s, like, good old boy is, like you were saying, this Americana, which is kind of hard to identify with when you are sometimes considered as lesser than in your own town.
0: And, and you hit it directly on the head um if you and if you really dive deep into what you're saying um we're out it because you know the good old boy system and everything I mean you could just drive to the fluent areas and look at their baseball fields opposed to the areas and you know I've been to Harlem and the Bronx um, I walked through Brooklyn a couple of times but hey there is primetime real estate in our communities and they don't fix the baseball fields. There's nobody there to drag the fields. They don't even give jobs to the custodial workers no more to do that. Yeah. And then that's a whole yeah. nother conversation for the park districts and after school programs, which we once had in the 80s and we were in the 70s and we were thriving and baseball was thriving. Yeah. So, and then, and and the economic, I forgot to mention when I was talking about the Negro League, I heard um, Mr. Kendricks, he's the president of the Negro League uh, Museum. I had a great opportunity to talk with him back in October, like Man, very humble guy. But he broke it down and said, if you look at the time span of when the Negro Leagues, they integrated, well, Jackie Robinson integrated MLB and then the Negro League slowly start disseminating. That's where economics got really effed up for the black community. Because yeah. you had Tulsa, you know, of course, Black Wall Street. You know, they bombed that. We right. know that. But right. if you look at it a couple of years, the 47, 45-ish when you started integrating, that's after the the recession recession is slowly getting back, you know. Um the European immigrants they're slowly starting to find their jobs again and everything. And then America really got unionized, right? That's when they yeah. really start locking in on unions for who? One for us. We had our unions within the Negro League. Think
1: right. about
0: think about the um baseball organization. So you had a let's say the The Cuban ex-Giants, or let's say the New York Mets, you said the Mets, right? Yeah. In the Mets system, they're going to employ probably anywhere from 500 to 20,000 people. Sure. Contract workers, stadium workers, police officers, front office, ball players, agents, custodial workers. Just think about the ramification behind that. And then, okay, the Negro Leagues are done. This was for us, by us. And now... We got to do what? Beg for a job for somebody else. So now right. he told me that and it really humbled me. And I'm, you know, I'm 34. I'm like, man, you really broke it down. I really started studying the time for him. I'm like, he not lying. Yeah, I was 50 something and everything like that. Vietnam hit, right? Late 50s, 60s and all that. We got back, and it, it got hard. We didn't have anything really for us.
1: Yeah. It, it is interesting because then things are interconnected, right? Because in this mid seventies, that was whole black exploitation movement, and it was kind of like this whole. But that's another issue all the time. That's to make this a whole yeah. different. <laughs> we're we're just breaking down everything at once, man. Um, real quick before I move on to what you're working on personally. Uh, even though uh, there are two teams in New York, uh, I was a Mets fan for uh, two reasons. One, it was cheaper to go tickets because we we're perennial oh, right achievers. But there was more people like me. And there was more Rio Donuts' and there was, there was there was Butch Huskies and Bernard Gilkies. Uh but my favorite player of all time, uh, because back then when I was a kid, there was split league, y'all. And AL yeah, never mess with NL unless it was the World Series, I uh, was Frank Thomas. Frank yes, Thomas sir. will come to will come to the Bronx, smack around some Yankees and leave. I'm like, yo, this dude's my guy, you know, and I, I kind of wish the big hurt, you know what I'm saying? Yo, he he's out there doing ads for like pills and beer. I don't care. I'm hitting, i will probably whatever. But uh, the the question is, is is this, man, is is there a need for a, a great black hope? Is there a need for that? Or is it kind of like a cultural change altogether? What would be like the immediate thing we can do to move in the other direction?
0: So two things, what's going on right now, and they're slow, they're trying not to let this guy be the next black hope, but Tim Anderson on South Side of Chicago, like okay. Tim Anderson, like a lot of people don't even know, he won the, it was a year or two years ago, he was a batting champ. You didn't see that on your billboard in New York, right? right. But if, you know,
1: Mike Trout is, though.
0: Mike Trout, he's everywhere. He, he <laughs> yeah. but he's in, but there, it's, it's still, you have, it's a 50-50 thing. Half the industry wants the black hope because it is going to inspire black baseball players. But then you got the other half, I call them Trumpians, who mm-hmm. are now un, under my, over my dead body. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's needed, but I think Man, Tim Anderson is a bad man. He is a bad boy. And I got to give another hometown shout-out. Ed Howard, he's with the Cubs. He just got drafted um, last year in the first round. He's he's the next shortstop, plays a premium position, just like Tim Anderson. So if he gets caught up to the big leagues, this probably be the first time that Chicago has two black shortstops, both big league teams. Yeah. you know, there's another guy, Alec Thomas, he's coming up through the, through, the, through the ranks. Corey Ray is down there doing some great things. Remember, Walker Bros. like I said, AT, Alec Thomas is with Arizona Diamondbacks. So they're coming, but we just got to make sure that the people that push the buttons, we get more people that push the buttons for them than people trying to show them off.
1: Yo, respect. I respect that. Cause I, I sometimes I kind of feel like yo, I'm gonna, I gotta represent, man. I gotta, I gotta put a little chip in there. Even though it's yeah. not my team or not my play position, I'm gonna put a little, you know. So even though I always say this, I'm a Mets fan, but yo, Frank Thomas changed the game. I bought this video game when I was a kid. Uh, but, but let's and, talk about
0: you, man, real quick. You gotta man. think. Hold on, Frank Thomas changed the game, and he went to school in Al- Alabama, so you know he out to have some thick skin. So yeah, I, so that's right. my guy.
1: Yeah, you're right, you're right. No, that guy's a legend, I want to even talk to him one day. Uh So, Coach e, I think coach is kind of like a generic term of what you do, because you not only give training programs, you're inspiring generations of people. Like, what made you decide to go into that instruction to help other generations improve at the game?
0: Okay, and, and, and here here's the thing, right? i come from Chicago, Chatham area, South Side of Chicago. Um, So, crime is high. You know, the, the, the typical stuff, you know, black community, you know, I'm, it wasn't, we had working class families though, but you know, we still had crime and, you know, we still didn't get silver spoon and everything, but myself and a couple of buddies that I grew up playing little league with in high school, and we were fortunate enough to get college scholarships. We did all that shit with no, excuse my language, you know, we did all that shit with no training, right? Yeah. And we get to college and we're playing against the Oklahoma States and Oklahoma. these guys who have got training for since they were five, six, seven years old. And we really saw kind of the difference. They weren't better than us, but they were more consistent because they had that process and that work ethic. We were really talented. Like, I'm 6'3", I was 6'3", 185, coming out of school. No training, just all natural. One of my close friends, he was 6'5", 210, you know? So when I got to college and really learned how to play the game of baseball and what it actually took, I said, man, I got to give this to the kids that are coming up because they need it at five, six, seven. Like there's no, there's no getting around it. Ain't no, if you think your son's gonna play baseball, there's stories that you hear about, oh, he just picked up a baseball bat at 12, that's a lie. Yeah, is, it's a lie, it's a lie, yeah. it's just for ratings, right? So, and it's just not me, it's, it's. I have a unique, it's a unique situation to where all of us went to HBCUs, most, it was about 12, us went to HBCUs, graduated, Came back home, started really coaching. And over the last 12 years, we saw the talent get better. They got better than us. Right. Going to the PWIs and playing. They're not sitting on the bench and just filling the quota. They're playing, contributing. They're going out there showing that, no, we can play this game. We get the right training. So that's where I'm really locked in. And then, you know, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way if people hear it. I'm tired of people just coming to the hood, giving up bats and gloves and leaving. I call it the helicopter. You come in all All around, people did leave. No, the game of baseball. We need consistency. We need people that's going to be there day in and day out. Just like the parent at the crib. Yeah, fuck about you buying me nothing. Is you there? Right. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of my drive. Like that's that's (laughs) really that's the drive.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels I'm back back to soccer, too. Like, there, there is that story of that person who started off playing soccer at, like, seven, and that's late. But usually, like, wonder kids are playing by their three, four. They're dribbling even before they can handle other things. And I think there's, there is a little bit of – at least here in Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles, except for the Dodgers when they're in the, in the playoffs, aren't really a sports town. I hate to say it, guys. I came here like, "Yo, sports? Nah." Um. Well, they will say it because they they come in the third, and leave the seventh, right? Um. But but what they say is it's 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 so hard to make that must see. Everyone says baseball is boring, but I look at like soccer where it's about anticipation, which I love soccer or football between plays is anticipation. I feel like there's a bit of a stigma there when it comes to like you know breaking through the the perception of is this worth my time? Should my kid play this? Is what I'm getting at if I have a kid right now, is it even worth it to even invest in a sport that people may see as not being as influential? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and 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 kind of short answer to that, you know, because somebody's thinking that right, and I say it like this: yeah, baseball is a trillion-dollar industry,
1: mm-hmm. and I'm gonna break
0: it, I'll break it down to you like this from a youth level, an amateur level, college level, and a pro level. So, where well, amateur is college, but those three seconds, I always do this amateur level: here's what's going on, you can play baseball and you could be a tournament director, right? Tournament director brings in, their job is to bring in teams to play at a facility to, you know, showcase the kids and let kids play, right? Yes. So a tournament director can make anywhere from $35,000 a year. So I know some tournament directors making well over $200,000 a year. Guess what? Organizing tournaments. <laughs> Average cost for a tournament at the youth level is anywhere between 300 to $500. You do that times 30 teams in the tournament after, you know, and, What the tournament director is, he has a working relationship for sales with the hotel chains and the restaurant. Hotel chains say, hey, you bring this many people, book this many rooms, we'll give you a percentage of the stuff. It's business, right? Right. Let's go to college. Your kid plays baseball, you know, plays high school, gets to college, you get a full ride being SID, Sports Information Director, right? Taking stats Mm -hmm. because you just need baseball guys around that knows baseball. Right, so your child is getting their college paid for it just by being a manager, sports information director. And guess what? He graduates and get a job doing that. Right. Right. The right now, baseball is an analytics game. So people know metrics, coding, uh mathematics. Major league ball clubs are paying people six figures that don't know jack that never even really played baseball except for little league, right? Or right, just right. being a fan of it because they can get behind a computer. And break down and say the probability of Frank Thomas is gonna hit the ball the right field against a left-hand pitcher that throws a slider that got backside me. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it gets it gets detailed when I talk to parents. I'm like, no, you might not make the pros, you might not make college, but there's money to be made in baseball. And I don't yeah. even I just have to buy a pocket radar because I gotta chart my kids. There's $385. That's an independently owned um company. They got an app, you do it. Kid swings, exit v load, 90 miles an hour, gives them a video. So trainers have to use that so they can make their money training the kids. And then it's an independent cut. Co- like I know all the small business because I look at, and this is the business aspect, it said invoice number four thousand five seven eight six. Right. Oh, this kid, this this company just moved five thousand seven hundred eighty-six units within their two years Okay. Yeah. So, like, so yeah. that money in baseball, in all sports, but I think baseball, it's a, I don't even know the number over trillion, but overall, I would say that. And people don't read through the context when they say the money's in baseball. Everybody automatically thinks 385 million dollar contract, right? right? I got right, right. um podcast Nelson. He's a sports banker. And I was like, what the shit does that mean? Yeah, what is that? Where's the PNC? So the ball club has to come to him and his team to get the loan to pay for the big contracts. So oh. everybody, yeah, everybody thinks that Paul Club's got it's a vault in a safe. All right, we're gonna pay A-ROP rod million. Here's your 48 for this year, and we pay. And this is business. They're getting that shit on loans. They're getting that shit yeah. on consignment. They're doing the same practices that most businesses do. We just, oh, they're. They're the Texas Rangers. They got the highest payroll. They're getting loans from the banks, guys. Yeah, and it's somebody yeah. that has to pay to approve that.
1: That is just opening my mind.
0: Now, <laughs> <Stop> I <laughs> in baseball. If somebody that's listening can think I'm lying, you check out my podcast on YouTube, Pittsburgh, now, and he breaks it all the way down. He's a brother, and he does stuff in the community, runs the RBI league, but... He taught me something I never would know. And I tell all my kids, be a sportsmaker. That's not the official title. I call it a sportsmaker because it's a complicated title, right? It's yeah. direct, whatever. It's a sportsman His job is when major league clubs, when they re- want renovations for their stadium, they got to get a loan from his bank.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. But it mitigates the club's risk and all that. That makes that makes whole sense if you think about it. But yeah, I guess it is a business.
0: <laughs> it's a business. We, <laughs> but, us in the black community... You know, we really don't take the time to learn. And I hope nobody take this wrong way. In baseball, I'm just talking baseball. I ain't talking, you know, y'all crypto yeah. geniuses on here. Uh, <laughs> uh, people I wish. learn baseball and the history and can spit you facts, out to pay this. But when we talk about the base, the business aspect of it. We lost, and the reason why yeah. we lost because we not provided that information. And that's one of my missions from my entrepreneur spirit is to provide that type of information.
1: So let's get into this. My entrepreneurship journey was by accident. I had a, a corporate job. Uh, we talked about that a little bit before I was let go on Thanksgiving Day 2017. And I went into becoming a wedding DJ in Southern California that pretty much begat everything else. No one told me about how to run a business. And that became one of the things I was f- afraid to do because no one tells you anything. You do trial by error. And the IRS is a giant boogeyman. Question for you, because <laughs> you know they're, they're like zombies. They move slow, but they will find you. That's just the way the IRS gets get you, yeah. <laughs> But let's talk about this. I mean, you're a business owner yourself. I mean, yes. you know there's 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 money in what you're working on, but it tends to be this weird, almost like a a a, a maze of things you have to navigate. What's been your experience so far?
0: Man, dog, uh, it's been nice. While I'm at at home, almost crying on a pillow like it's Am I spending too much money? Am I doing this? So I just need to just say effort. Um, but in the baseball business world, I had kind of a cheat sheet because I came home coaching. And that's okay. when, you know, I got an opportunity to work alongside of some great baseball business minds. Um, Kenny Fullman from Chicago White Sox, Marcus, Marcus Rogers, I'm sorry, he helped me start gym baseball training. Um, Kevin Cole, he's at the Pullman Center. So these are... Prominent, oh Rob Fletcher, he's man heavy in baseball business. Um, they these these brothers I really learned from about how to run an organization, about how to actually deal with parents, and then the actual business side of it really marketing, keeping it at a price that you know you're not going above and beyond for your services, mm-hmm. and actually how to hustle to get that corporate dollar. That's my biggest thing, you know. I want to make stuff free in my community. I'm like Robin Hood. I want to go right. get it, the, 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 these trillionaires, these big time millionaires, and give it to my community because I know that y'all want to do, uh, give. it. Also, Eric Davis. I'm sorry, Eric Davis with Chicago Bass. He's taught me a lot. Like Eric da- with the bass. I went to his fundraiser, and in 45 minutes he raised $97,000. So all these kids got computer like they like. So the business aspect of it from the actual non for profit side and then the for profit side. They go hand in hand, right? So yeah. I got taught about how to ten ninety nine. I learned that through IRS type stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. But those things were kind of out they were phone calls away. Like, hey, how we do this? How shall I do this? How should I do that? Da, da, da. But I think actual what all of them are not lacking that, but with the new um technology taking off is what I mastered. I didn't master it yet, but what I really locked in on was social media presence. Mm-hmm. Social media presence. And what I would do is, like, three years ago, and I got to give a shout-out to Alex Huckabee, right? He is – he played college baseball shortstop, but he went to the business sales world. He's like, I'm not coaching. coach. I'm not doing any of that. Not because I don't want to, but this is my passion. So he quit his job, and he gave me a lot of motivation, right? Um, he quit his job in IT to sell products on eBay, Amazon, all that stuff back in 2018, made 100K, right? And just kept flipping that, kept flipping that, playing with the stocks, kept doing that. And he was like, yo, you're a natural your salesperson, Ernest. I'm like, I am not I can't sell nothing, I can't. And <laughs> he's like, yo, you know, you got to get digital, you got to get techie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, so two months and everything like that. And then I really started looking at, because I had to see in with baseball, where I'm at, what do our community and parents like, right? Everybody right. wants something tangible they can touch, right? But I was like, okay, I just don't want to be a t-shirt seller or sweatshirt and all that. Like, I don't want to do that. So I gotta really bring my mission and my story to this. And we was I was thinking, you know, I came out with a brand, no drop zone, right? Yeah. So I looked at it, I'm like, okay, no drop zone, who does that target? Don't know if mamas ain't gonna buy that shit. The only people that would buy it is people who play baseball. So then Got narrow, then I said right. baseball have no money. Then he got like that. So I'm like, right, was sitting around, Then I'm like, Man, you know, black baseball really matters, man. We ain't really. And I saw an infomercial Black Lives Matter, and I was like, It black lives matter, but like baseball matters too. And blah. I'm like, Yeah, like one o'clock in the like, ding. So you know, sat back and looked at the logo. I said, Okay, black baseball matters. Put it on a shirt, wore it to practice one day like, man, I want one of those. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And I didn't know how to say, yeah, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll get back with you. Then the next thing I know, I got like 20 text messages like, yo, I need a shirt. Yo, I need a shirt. And so, you know, what did I do? I outsourced it and said, hey, man, give me a shirt. I didn't know anything about the profit margin and all that. So I was charging $10 for a shirt and buying them for 9.50. You feel me? Right, 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 right. right. Like, I did all of that and lost. So. You know, I looked at it and said, okay, can this be a brand? So I did a little um A B comparison, you know, put it online and had me coaching and everything in it. Then of course research Shopify is King. Printful was a drop shipping company. Understood that I'm not a t shirt seller. This is just a brand that I push. Sell the things to give back to the community, right? Um so found the drop shipping company Printful. Um they're compatible with Shopify and all that. Create Create this um the logo, put it on there, came out with different things. Hey, did direct text messaging, put it on, you know. I didn't do any ads. I'm just now getting to that. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. um, but this this the amount of support within that first six months from in 2020 from October to like February, March, six, seven months, whatever, it was ridiculous. Like yeah. people were buying it, like, man, I like that, you know, they didn't even ever play baseball. So I knew that this message with stick. So I'm like, okay, now, fast forward to 2021 going to 2022, we're looking at it now of corporate sponsorship branding thing. Like who's not? Who's going to be a, what company wants to put this on there, wants to get behind this and really support black baseball? We hear a lot of chirping and if we do this, we give this, like who wants to really be a message? And I'm a guy who's boisterous. I'm not going to hold myself for anybody. And cool. this is what I believe in. I believe in the black baseball. And there ain't no, we ain't doing, a, um, we're we not doing a, yeah, i talk this. And then when I get to the table, I sit up. Like, yeah. I was in a meeting with the top executives in Major League Baseball, you know, for privacy, I ain't going to say their names, but. Absolutely. And they, they're black. They looked at the thing and said, give it to me right now. Oh, wow. Congrats. It's, 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 it's moving in a great direction, but I just have to make sure that in the business world, I never understood how important protecting the brand is. Because I was getting yeah. negative comments on Facebook and all that, and, you know, I had to really humble myself and not say anything back to protect mm-hmm. that brand. You know, because it's not, it's, I've had, it's, it's not racist, right? Black Baseball Matter, that's, it's not knocking any other race, but it's symbolizing and embracing our culture to this game. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. As far as back to the, just the business aspect of it, I think I had to set up and I wrote all this stuff down, right? I had to say, I had to write down brand awareness came first, right? People don't care about, unless it's a message, brand awareness. Then I went to the actual production and um, timing, physical stuff that I had to go through because I have a nine to five. Is it feasible? And now I think I'm on the the third and fourth kind of lane of marketing and sponsor, and all those keep in consistency. So now, we're going out to do corporate sponsor now. So, yeah. and if anybody's listening, as a corporate sponsor, works for a big company. You guys want to get behind Black Baseball Matters and give to inner city youth, make sure that you go to coacheofguru.com, copy some merchandise. And if you want to sponsor and be a sponsor, official sponsor at one of our camps or one of our events, you can email me, CoachEofG, at gmail.com. We work out some packages and we're giving up digital space on my Instagram, on our website, on our Facebook page, and also on my podcast. So that's, that's, that's really what
1: we're pushing. Uh not to mention on your uh Instagram hand you do a, a black history uh with people in the game from yesteryear. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool because people were before my time I'm going, Oh my gosh, they're really nice. Not even like the legends from like 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 a satchel page. Like you, you know about that growing up, but like like for example, like um like Cedar was before my time. But going back and being like, Oh wow, I mean this guy yes. was influential. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yes. Like he just won won the goats. <laughs> but you you we are. He's the first guy. Toronto, back to back, Drake making a whole song. Like, it goes heavy. We are <laughs> in this. Like, man, it, it, we, black baseball influences every single industry in this world. You really yeah. unlayer it and really say, dang, okay. Like, you know what I mean? People are making money off Jackie Robinson Day and, oh, yeah. In a great, like, you know, I mean? they're still making money off Jackie Robinson. They're still making money. And that foundation is doing wonderful things. Shout out to Mrs. Robinson. But, their foundation should be worth a trillion dollars for as much as they made off him. Jackie Robinson Day, let's look at MLB. Jackie Robinson Day, everybody wears 42. They do this big thing. Do you know how much money they're making probably commercial ads for Jackie Robinson Day? People get behind it because they know all of us are watching on Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th. I think it's April 15th, I hope. Um, But but all that money needs to go to the Robinson Foundation. But we're still getting what? We're getting pimped.
1: Right, so so when it comes down to you with you, with your day to day, we always ask, what can one person do? It's a huge machine, it's systemic for a reason. I, I know you're doing the coaching thing, but it got to be something else you got on your plan. What's what's the stage two? What's phase two look like or phase three look like for Coach E? So
0: here's what's happening now. So what we're doing now, we're getting we're getting mobile, we're getting on the road, right? So now, um, 2022, we raised enough funds to where I can get a couple of plane tickets. I can get to these um black events. Um, I, well, let me take that back. Not black events, but Baseball amateur baseball events that are highly scouted and recruited. Um, so yeah. like January, the ABC is in Chicago, 7,500 baseball coaches will be there, 7,500 people will see Black Baseball Matters, right? February, Andre Dawson class shout out to Andre Dawson, but Andre Dawson Classic in New Orleans. I think it's February 18th. They bring in HBCUs, they play a little um tournament it's on ES MLB network but then this year they did it last year but this year they're bringing the top 12 U programs 12 years old um teams from around the inner cities of the United States so they'll play a tournament as well um March and April and May um Alex Alex out of uh minority baseball prospect shout out to Alex he now, that's another brother he's doing some major major things he's um going more so on the um, digital, he's in the digital world, but he's really showcasing and highlighting them on the internet, right? So he's having, he has huge events for all minority prospects. So he has an event, like HBCU All-Star game. You got um, HBCU, he just got the president, his HBCU uh, World Series. He has to put that tournament on. And I was with this brother in Kansas City for a baseball conference, and we were just shooting ideas off of each other so we got some big, big things coming down the pipeline. He does and I do separately, but we collaborating on some things also. But to answer your question, it's the visibility. Like we're getting out here. Mm-hmm. We're doing the, the no limit and the rough riders. We're getting in the street. <laughs> we're getting out there. We're getting yeah. out there to move these units by hand because we ain't getting to the, we know we ain't we ain't getting to, we don't want no handouts getting to that table. We want to earn it at the table so our voice can be heard. We don't want nobody yeah. giving us saying, hey. Yeah, well, we'll give you this $300,000 job, but we want you to do it all. now. I mean, we're not doing none of that. We get into yeah. the state where somebody really want to really hear us and hear the message and really listen and apply what's needed in our communities for the game of baseball for African-Americans and Brown and let's Latinos, Hispanics, all that. Then yeah. we'll, we'll sit down with you until you're ready to really make something happen and put that money where your mouth is at the major league level, at the corporate level. We ain't got nothing for you. We're going to keep moving it with our people first. Oh,
1: absolutely. And now if anyone's listening to you now, how can they connect with you, your brand and your movement? If they want to buy in, want to work with you on projects, how to go about doing that?
0: Man, so the first thing is, man, make sure you check out it's CoachEOFGuru.com. Once again, it's CoachEOFGuru.com. Check me out on YouTube. I'm giving you the order to do it. Check me out on YouTube. You can type in Ernest Horton. You can type in CoachEOFGuru. Check me out on Facebook, CoachEOutfieldGuru. And on Instagram, Coach E-O-F Guru on Twitter, Coach E-O-F Guru. So I want to make it simple for you guys. Um, my email address is Coach E-O-F-G at gmail.com. And also, if there's anything, we have some sponsorship packages. Like, we understand. You small business owners, we have 11,000 followers on Instagram and counting. Um, we're doing anywhere from between 5,000, 10,000 views in total on YouTube. The um, analytics on Instagram, you know, we blowing out the waters with our reels. We just had a reel do 15,000. So people are really getting behind the Black Baseball Matters brand. So if you want, if you're, you're looking for any, you know, um digital space market, we have some packages for that. We got packages low as $150 for some campaigns, as high as $10,000 for all you ballers out there. So make sure, you know, you want to do that and really give back. And we also did a scholarship. I forgot to mention this. This is the biggest thing. Um, we did me. a book scholarship last year for Pine Bluff. We was able to raise enough money through the pandemic to do a book scholarship for the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Baseball is a uh, non-money-generated sport for college. So everybody that's listening, on the back end of this, colleges only get 11.7 scholarships for 35 to 40 people on their team. So most people that are on baseball scholarships is a little bit of nothing or they got majority academic. So what we do is, and then it, it's even lower at HBCU. So what we did was we... we we made our money. We took a portion of it, gave a book scholarship out to University of Arkansas Pound Bluff head coach Carlos James. So, this year, our goal is to give that to five HBCUs. So, in order to give it to five HBCUs, we need some sponsors. We need you to buy this merch, or we need you to just cut the check, or you can do all three.
1: <laughs> well, if you're looking for a host with a heart of gold, man, get my number out there, man. I'll, I'll definitely help out if I can. Jeez. Come on, man. I
0: need you. You know, you can be the official MC when we have that uh, Black Baseball Founders Gala. You know, okay. In the, in the summertime, shout we we'll get you here.
1: I've been to Chicago one time and it was cold as hell, but i come back a second time for this. No, no,
0: no. We're going to get you together. Flo. seriously. We gonna, we got oh, some big things it. coming. Yeah, we're going we gonna to really do it up, man.
1: Oh, respect, man. Thanks for being on the show, man. You got to get you back when it comes about next year. You know, if anything is coming on, all, you let me know. Be back here. at new Sam regular podcast for creatives.
0: Got you, folks. Thanks for having me, my brother. Keep doing what you're doing, man.